Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In an incredibly nervy 90 minutes plus 10 minutes to stop this time, the U.S. men's national team in their third group game, the all-important decisive third group game against Iran, eke out a, a tense and nervy one nothing victory. A victory which will see the U.S. go through to the second round, a game which will put, take place Saturday, and we'll get into all that in a minute. But for right now, we are reveling in this group of, of players, this group of players that came into this tournament injured and hobbled, have come together to, to make it through to the uh, round of 16 of the World Cup, the stated goal of this group from the beginning. It is time to get into this game, talk about all the really thrilling and nerving moments that were the USA's one nothing victory over Iran. All that and more on this episode of the Anchor Port. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Anchor Port, a show about all things American soccer. And this is quite a time for American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. You can become a member. You can directly support the channel by clicking the, the join button below. Let's get into it. Let's introduce Brad. But before we do, here's a word from this week's sponsor. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Brad Pauly, I don't know who I am, where I am right now. I have no idea what's going on. That was an intense uh, hundred minutes of soccer. The USA come away with the one nothing victory. How are you feeling right now? This eye has been twitching for an hour. I can't feel my legs. I, I oh my goodness gracious, they did it. Hey man, you know I. I don't care how they did it. I, I I don't agree with some of the subs, but for the love of God, they did it. And uh, uh, on to the 16 we go, man. The baby Eagles. Gotta love them. <laughs> some incredibly gutsy performances on display in this game. Do you want? Let's take a second and, and each kind of isolate one performer. Who who did you? Who stood out to you in those dying minutes as, as someone who really stepped up for this team? Uh, honestly, it was Walker Zimmerman. The dude was going up for every header, and he he won nearly every single one. Uh, bringing him in, he he probably, you know, he he's a pro. So if it were one of us, we would probably have that that uh, that whale's foul in the back of our mind. But not him. He went in there. He did not show any fear. He was uh, he was a, just just a consummate professional, and 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 good good for that young man. Incredible for him to step off the bench like that in that moment and just dominate the air in a, in a moment where it seemed like none of our other center backs were winning headers. Walker came in and just won everything in the air, which was critical in those last five minutes for sure. I thought Eunice Musa was incredible. I thought He's Eunice Musa dog, man. just gutsy. You could tell he had nothing left and he was just, my goodness, my goodness. 427 Motorsport LLC, one of the newest members here in the Yank Report says, 
so proud of our guys. They were able to overcome Iran and Burhalter. There were some interesting substitutions in this game. We'll get into it in a second. Let's go through uh, the lineup and kind of talk about uh, player-to-player performances. Actually, before we do that, let's let's go over some of the goals, the, the goal sequence and the disallowed goal sequence because um, just some incredible soccer on display. I mean, the U.S. Yeah. was was peppering uh, Iran's goal in, in their back line. I think for a large part of that opening, um, that opening say forty minutes or forty-five minutes of this game, eventually, Weston McKinney steps into a pocket of space. The ball comes to his feet. And he sees Serginho Dest making a run in behind. He plays it long to Serginho Dest. Serginho Dest squares to uh, across the six-yard box. And Christian Pulisic charging in, uh, beating every other player to that ball, gets a volley, puts it in the net, in the process, runs through the Iranian keeper, uh, seems to have, uh, at least from the broadcast, they say, picked up a, uh, an abdominal injury, um, is unable to continue after that. Uh, he guts out a few more minutes until halftime, but he's not able to come back uh, for the second half. But beyond that, thoughts on that opening goal from the U.S.? I didn't celebrate it initially because I thought Sergio Dest was offside. But then on the replay, you just see he timed his run so well, and Weston put the ball just on an absolute dime for him. So that was just so impressive. And and for Christian to put his body on the line like that, I mean, he – he has been under so much scrutiny. His club situation has been has been picked apart so much, and all the pressure that has been on him. He has been the poster boy of this federation since he was a kid, and he was there uh, on that night against Trinidad and Tobago. And and those ghosts are definitely in his mind. But those demons have been purged tonight because he was not going to let anybody stop him. He was, he was a little bit behind on that run and he made, he made up that distance and, and gosh, so happy for the young man. Incredible moment from Pulisic. I'm so glad he was able to get his world cup goal. Hopefully he's able to bounce back for the uh, next game Saturday because boy, oh boy, uh, we need him. And I, I think the performance dropped off a little bit in the second half, whenever he wasn't on the field. Uh, also in the first half, we have another moment where Weston McKinney plays a really nice ball. Uh, he sees a pocket of space open up uh, for Tim Weah. Weah making another one of those patented runs that he does across the back line. He uh, times it almost perfectly. Uh, Weston McKinney plays a really nice ball into the box. Tim Weah meets it and plays an inch-perfect uh, shot first time with, with the outside of his boot that kisses off the far post into the back of the net. Uh, upon further review, I mean, the replay looked like he was on sides, but the uh, the whatever FIFA official uh, goal line technology, offsides technology uh, rules that Wayo was slightly offsides. So it, it we end up going to the half uh, one up instead of two up, which would have made it uh, a considerably less nervy first half. But I, I thought Tim Wayo was another one of those performers that was just phenomenal all night. I, I think he was great. He was running around giving his all and and. It's a game of inches, or in this case, it's a game of millimeters decided by a computer that we don't have uh, access to. Um, so I just, I just think, you know, he, I, I, one of the things we talked about was will his verticality, will his, his speed being able to get to the byline and send, it, send balls in, will that uh, really uh, be an asset uh, in this game when, when Iran are going to be bunkering so much and it turned out that he it, it did it did. yeah that's nothing for us to worry about but 
for the love of all that's holy, man, how much easier would our lives have been if, 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 if the offside flag would have stayed down? I mean, my, my hair is a little grayer. My eyes, I mean, would have been slightly less puffy. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah, it, I thought, as you said, way of speed was a huge factor, so much so that uh, it was difficult for Greg to take him off. Uh, I, I think you saw throughout even the second half, one of the, the few outlets as we began to get a bit more defensive and, and Iran started pushing numbers forward, one of the few outlets continued to be Tim Weah's ability uh, to run down that right channel. He was dangerous all night long. And I think because of that, we ended up with that situation where uh, I don't think Greg Berhalter was going to take off Tim Weah for Gio Reyna, someone mm-hmm. who would play a little bit more like Brendan Aronson on the other side and drop in, and we would lose that ability to tack in behind. Um, I, I remember the uh, the Japan game where the front line was Aronson, uh, Reyna, and, uh, and, and Jesus Ferreira, and that was an issue there. So I, I kind of first saw uh geo just not having an opportunity to come into this game um sucks just not having that guy play because we know what kind of phenomenal player he can be but let's let's take a minute to talk about the guys who were on the pitch let's start with uh you know matt turner had some opportunities to come up big a few times in this game he has some some pretty decent distribution actually um the few times where he was called upon to do it uh thoughts on matt turner in this game i i thought i thought he was great i think uh there were some times where I was just like, oh my God, just boot it long. And then he played a, a great calm pass that led to a great buildup from the United States. I mean, we we were all behind Matt Turner because of his shot stopping ability. But since he went to Arsenal, man, he has become a really good distributor of the ball. And it's it's something that he has in his bag now and that has become an asset to this team. It's so crazy. He spent a couple, like a few months in, in North London and all of a sudden he can play with the ball at his feet. Like that wasn't something that we saw throughout World Cup qualifying. Shout out Spicy Pineapple with a $1.99 donation saying believe. Absolutely yes. believe. But but to be fair, that's something no one had asked him to do. So it's not like he didn't have it in his bag. He wasn't good at it. It's just no one had asked him to do it yet. Yeah, let's uh, let's see Matt, Matt Reynolds here says, um, talks about one of the other fullbacks here. Uh, we just talked about Jedi Robinson. He says, so yeah, that was a game. It absolutely was, Matt. Um, I think Scally is worth a shot after a not-so-thrilling outing by Moore. Yeah, that was the second time we saw Moore come on yeah. and just not look up to speed compared to the rest of the players. Um, I don't know. I, if we're not going to go to Yedlin, I don't know why we went to Moore again. And, and is Scally going to get an opportunity in this World Cup that's yet to be seen? Uh, but I, I don't think Moore was up to it in this one. I don't think so either. He 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 caused a turnover that uh, U.S. had some numbers for that could have gone for that second goal. I I just I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, maybe maybe he's one of Greg's guys that you know you just can't uh, you can't convince him otherwise. But but Greg I, didn't call him in throughout World Cup qualifying. He just uh, finally made. It's so it's so weird that the he to did the two players. To, to be fair, when when uh, Sergio Dest went down injured, he called in Shaq Moore over Joe Scally. But yeah, but that was a situation where there was a lot of right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a weird situation where uh, Haji Wright and Shaq Moore, the two guys who uh, seem to be like the play, the the oddballs on this roster, the guys no one was expecting, are getting a lot more minutes than players you would expect to get minutes. Like maybe uh, Yedlin or Scally or Jesus Ferreira up top. Uh, We just talked about Jedi Robinson. Let's talk about the left center back in this game, Tim Ream. I thought just another tremendous game from Tim Ream in possession of the ball. Yeah. I mean, 
gosh, we, I, we sound like broken records when we talk about Tim Ream. He's great. I mean, this uh, this is a guy who knows that there is no tomorrow, and he has just been so consistent, so good, and such a leader out there. There were moments out there where you could see the guys looking to Tim, and Tim's barking out orders, and that is something that we lacked during World Cup qualifying. I, I mean, it's neither here nor there because we're going to the round of 16, but qualifying may have been a little bit easier if we had Tim Ream back there. Uh, his partner tonight was Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, I, mixed bag for him. I, I felt yeah. like for me, there were moments where um, I understood while he why he was in the game, where he stepped forward off that defensive line whenever the U.S. had the ball in possession, and he stepped into the midfield line and kind of looked for passes there. Uh, but uh, I don't know if it was enough for me, considering uh, there were moments where uh, some of the players were yelling at him about his positioning on the field. He, he got some earfuls a couple of times there. And you just saw at the end of the game, whenever Zimmerman came on, just the aerial dominance that he gives you whenever he's in the game. Um, I, I don't know if I would go with Zimmerman with uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers over Zimmerman again, but it, it's not like he had an awful game. So, Yeah, he, he was fine. Also, his communication was a little lacking, especially there was this one time with uh, Tyler Adams where he needed CCB to shout that he had a man on and, and they wound up picking his pocket picking Tyler Adams' pocket. Uh, he wasn't terrible, but it, I would go back to, uh, personally, I would go back to Zimmerman. I, I think his aerial presence is is, def, is too big of an asset to uh, leave off the bench, especially when Zimmerman, I'm sorry, when Tim Ream is distributing so well. Yeah, I mean, it, I see Mark Baker here says CCV ground play, Zimmerman airplay. I just don't know if we got enough from CCV on the ground to really justify like uh, his um, his his inclusion in the game over Zimmerman. We'll see. It's going to be a different game against the Netherlands, and, and we'll talk about that in the future. Uh, at right back, Serginho Dest uh, had one of the plays of the game, uh, getting in behind, squaring it across for the goal. Outside of that, I mean, it felt like he was dangerous every time he got loose on that right flank. He continues to be a major asset in the U.S.'s build-up phase. Um, what were your thoughts on Serginho Dest's performance? You know, he, he, to his credit, has never really – he thinks he can beat everybody on the ball. And to his credit, he, he hasn't been proven wrong too many times. I think there's some times where he, he should pass it in the final third rather than put a – a little uh, half chance of a shot on goal, but in the buildup that he's, he's really been phenomenal. I, I, I can't say enough good things about him in the buildup, except, you know, pass it in the final third. I think not, not all of them are going to be like that world cup qualifier in Columbus. Yeah. That's the knock on Dest. I think right now, uh, at least in this U S men's national team setup is so often from that uh, right wing position, he's able to uh, find himself with the ball in the right channel, facing uh, center backs and, and in a really power position where he can create things for the U.S. And so often in this tournament, we've seen him uh, look for his own shot, which is usually not the best option. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a bit frustrating. I hope part of his maturation process is uh, whenever he gets to those positions, because he can get to those positions because of his incredible ability with the ball at his feet, uh, is to look for players to play in, look for his teammates, and, and look to uh, create higher percentage goal-scoring opportunities than what we've seen from him so far. Uh, outside of that, I mean, a, 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 the, 
the performance we needed out of Serginho Dest, I mean, there's been times where we've seen a, a lackluster Serginho Dest, either for Barcelona or for the U.S. men's national team. We haven't gotten that in this tournament. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a very good Serginho Dest, and he's a big reason why the U.S. is going through to the round of 16. Another big reason why the U.S. is going through to the round of 16, let's go up to the midfield. Let's go to the captain, Tyler Adams. Your thoughts on Tyler Adams' performance? I mean, what, what more can we say? about the guy. He, he, he really has been phenomenal putting out fires everywhere. He, he, he's just a gamer and, and it's, it's wonderful to see, you know, that the U S captaincy is in good hands for probably the next two world cups. I mean, this, this guy was great. I, I also thought he was good in the buildup. He picked his moments to, to uh, help out in the buildup and, and when to go forward. But then he also was so good getting back and helping out, put up, put, helping put out fires everywhere. We really can't say enough good things about Tyler Adams. And, it, it, you know, the, the knock on Tyler Adams is, um, is what he does with the ball at his feet, particularly whenever a team is looking to play through him, which is not necessarily a strength. But there were some moments in this game where he just, he just really did nice things with the ball at his feet. I remember one pat- attack in particular where he dribbled out of a couple of guys and he mm-hmm. found the ball in behind to release Josh Sargent. And Josh Sargent and Tim Weyer were away. They also had Christian Pulisic trail running on that play. Uh, they end up with just not being able to get a ball, um, just not being able to create a shot on target. But it was another moment that it was, um, it was, um, it was Tyler Adams' uh, ability to dribble out of pressure, to find that outlet pass. And not just an outlet pass, but an attacking outlet pass, a line-breaking outlet pass that sprung a goal-scoring opportunity for the U.S., a phenomenal player. Anything else on Tyler Adams? Get it, get it, get him a Gillette deal. Get him something. Put him, make him a household name in this country. Yeah, he needs to pick up some checks after this tournament for sure. Uh, yeah. Another player who's probably going to be a household name after this tournament, hopefully, is is Weston McKinney. Uh, Weston McKinney continues to. It doesn't seem like he's got ninety minutes in him in this tournament. It seems like he's got about sixty. And and I think I saw a moment in, in like the fifty fifth minute. Where uh, where Iran released a ball into the um, into their right flank, our left flank, where Anthony Robinson was playing, and it looked like McKinney wanted to chase it down, but he just didn't have it left in the tank. And and kind of right after that is whenever we saw Kellen Acosta come on. But before that, McKinney plays the ball over the top to Serginho Dest to create the first goal. He plays the ball in behind to Tim Weah that could have created the second goal that was called back by offsides. Outside of that, I mean, he was absolutely everywhere in this game. I, I, I think another phenomenal performance for West, from Weston McKinney. Yeah, that midfield it really, on their day, can go toe-to-toe with absolutely anybody. Uh, I think Weston, like you said, only has about 60 minutes in his legs right now. Uh, he's, he's coming off some really gnarly in- – some a really nagging injury, but his distribution in, in has been unreal. Uh, those two balls that he played were absolutely uh, just dimes. So, and, and he just brings this energy to the team that that really is irreplaceable. So, Weston, top marks in my book. Yeah, it, in, impressive performance. I mean, considering the his opening game against Wales, after watching that game, I thought, like, we're, we're going to have to play this tournament without Weston McKinney. We just don't have Weston McKinney. And then he comes out against England and is phenomenal. He comes out against Iran and is is the guy who breaks it open for the U.S., who who plays the pass, it creates the pass, it creates the goal. Um, 
just incredible performance from West. That's what we need from him game in, game out. Let's go to the front line. Let's start with the goal scorer. Let's start with the golden boy, the left winger, Christian Pulisic. Um, mm-hmm. He was all over the place early on in this game. Yeah. Uh, just really involved, looking to uh, be that creative player. Found himself um, in that left channel where he so often is, but also drifting into the middle, looking to create, and he ends up getting the goal um, to, to put the U.S., the, the game-winning goal ultimately for the U.S. in this game. You know, the, he's needed a moment to really purge the demons, get the monkey off his back, and and kind of come to fruition, have have the prophecy come to fruition that he is, you know, the prince that was promised, uh, for lack of a better term here. And, and he got his chance, and he he didn't miss. And and that's you, you can't be happier for the guy. I mean. He, he has definitely been through the ringer and he, he got his one shot and, and he did not miss and, and good for him. I can't, I can't be happier enough for the guy. I see we got a four ninety nine donation from Cub One Maker who says, how do more and Acosta have more minutes than Reyna? Greg Berhalter really said, let's park the bus for the entire second half, even though we were dominating. Um, I, I mean, first of all, more and, Re- more and Acosta play different positions, so it's a little bit different um Acosta is kind of that shutdown midfielder that we have and, and we got some midfielders who are not really 90 minutes fit so we're always going to see substitutions in midfield in this game in particular I think what really messed up Gio Reyna's opportunity to play in this game was the early injury to Christian Pulisic because yeah. what ended up happening is uh with Brendan Aronson coming on for Christian Pulisic uh in, in the 45th I'm assuming that Gio Reyna is not 45 minutes uh healthy right now or at least Greg Berhalter believes that Gio Reyna is not 45 minutes fit right now. So with uh, Brendan Aronson coming on in, in, the, um, in the winger position, it kind of takes the position away from uh, Gio Reyna because with Aronson in there, you have a, a winger who's not going to be making those penetrating runs in behind. He's a winger that's going to drop back and look for balls in defeat. And I think we saw that as soon as Gio Reyna came on, there were a few opportunities where he got the ball in the channel and played some pretty nice passes and, and tried to create to uh, – to credit him um, but on that right flank we had uh tim Weah, who's really the only winger we have that is going to provide that with if christian Pulisic is not on the field so um it, it put us in a d- difficult position where uh you can't take take off uh Weya because then you're tactically at a disadvantage um but you want to get on reyna but then you're trying to defend for the for your life it was just a weird game for geo um hopefully we get to see geo against the netherlands I, you just got the feeling that Gio is going to make an impact on this tournament somehow, some way. Yeah. To, for all the crap we have given Triple G for not playing Gio, this really didn't seem like a Gio game. Uh, and the decision to go with Aronson, I think really uh, Aronson, the two times he's been subbed on, has been for Weston McKenney. So yeah. yeah. by that logic, if he's not coming in for McKenney and he's coming in for Pulisic instead, then you have to assume that Gio isn't fully fit, um, which if he's not coming in at that position and Wea is really uh, balling and stretching things things uh, at the back end there, uh, then it, it just, it wasn't really a night for Gio. And the fact that we were, I mean, throwing, throwing everybody back, Gio sometimes is a bit of a liability defensively. And, and Brendan can't, it, it is so is such a nagging guy. I mean, the Leeds fans call him the Yankee Badger. Uh, that I, I don't I don't know if you, you this was really the game for Gio. 
I thought that we were going to have another situation where uh, the fans were going to crucify Greg Berhalter because I thought at the end of the game, the substitution would be um, Jordan Morris on for Tim Weah because Jordan Morris is that other player that provides that that verticality, that that word that everybody loves. Um, and I thought people would lose their minds over that. But instead, Greg goes to the uh, the tactical switch and goes to the five-man back line, uh, which kind of slammed the door uh, yeah. at, at that point. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, – we just talked about Christian Pulisic. Let's move to the striker. Let's go to Josh Sargent. Um, Josh Sargent, I was critical of Josh Sargent after the first game. I thought he just wasn't very involved with against Wales outside of his um, his near post header and that that moment where he had hold up play uh, for the goal against uh, for Christian Pulisic and Tim Weah. In this game, he was much more involved. Uh, his hold, he was holding the ball up all over the place. It felt like whenever the ball was uh, was going towards him, that he was going to win it. Um, I, I thought he made a massive impact on the hold up play and on on the possession game. Didn't really put himself in positions to score goals, and his 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 big moments in the game were uh, ended up being just um, not very. Not, not chances that really tested the keeper or some kind of wasteful decision-making in the final third. I'm, I'm thinking of that moment where um, he and Weo were in on the attack and, and he ends yeah. up, you know, trying to, a, a tough pass back and it, it gets intercepted and you had Polisic on that trailing run who was wide open. Uh, but I think it was the best striker performance so far in the World Cup from a U.S. striker. Your thoughts? Yeah, he had, he had some good moments. He had some bad moments. His hold-up play was solid. Uh, decision-making I think he got some happy feet there uh in the final third where he 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 saw the play that could be made and, and he he just couldn't make it um but overall I mean it's like kind of like what we said for the first game he, he was involved in the first goal against Wales uh because of his hold-up play and I think he did that again pretty well tonight he wasn't involved in goal obviously um but I don't think he played himself out and I don't no, if he played himself on, I think when Haji Wright came on, uh, Haji Wright wasn't as busy uh, yeah. as Josh Sargent was. I think Josh really made himself busy out there, and it became kind of more of a workman uh, performance than it was anything really skillful. You know, one thing I'm surprised that we haven't seen uh, from Haji Wright is like uh, runs in behind into the channel. We just haven't seen him stretch the defense all that much. And I, I mm. thought that's what he would be doing, uh, considering the way that he plays for his club. But we just haven't seen that much. We've seen him do some um, strong holdup play, but that's, that's about it from Haji Wright. WF says we need to be more clinical going forward if we want to advance. We will not get those opportunities. That's I mean, true. that would be great. It, it would be great if we could be more clinical. I don't know that. Uh, I, I think that's. I just feel like it's more of a personnel decision, personnel issue than anything else. I mean, we just don't have clinical goal scorers. Uh, but I will say this. I will say um, we've been hearing that uh, the U.S. is is going to struggle to uh, create chances, and that you know we got to score goals more, and, and it'll it'll keep us from. Uh, it'll keep us from qualifying for the World Cup. It'll keep us from uh, winning games in the World Cup. It'll keep us from getting out of our group in the World Cup. But yet here we are, just like every uh, every time there's been a hurdle, every time there's been something like that thrown down, the U.S. has been able to overcome it. And they're overcoming it by controlling the game in the midfield and uh, being just stout defensively. Another game where the opposition, there were some dangerous moments. There were some nervy moments, but there weren't many clear-cut opportunities for Iran uh, to, to, to beat us with, with, uh, with shots. I think if we're watching this game, uh, if it's, say, it's freaking 
Nashville SC versus the Columbus crew. I don't think we're calling those moments too nervy. I, I think it's nervy because yeah. of because yeah. uh, those opportunities that uh, Iran had weren't, they were half chances at best. Um, they weren't really, uh, I mean, we're all freaking out and holding our breath, but uh, Matt Turner had it covered. And a lot of the times they weren't even on frame. I mean, their best shot, uh, the one that went wide, would have been blown dead for a foul uh, on Suremi on Cameron Carter Vickers. So it's it's not uh, if we're watching this in normal in normal season league play. Yeah. I don't think we're freaking out too much. That's true. That's true. But this is certainly not normal season. Of course. Play. <laughs> All right. The final player from the starting lineup to talk about is going to be the right winger. He is Tim Weah. Um, I, we talked about him a little bit before, but I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. His his ability to control uh, the right side of the field, but also be that vertical outlet for this U.S. team um, continues to just have really smooth moments in combination play. That right side of the field continues to be dangerous. In this game, we saw um, it. I I don't. I'll have to go back and look at it, but it felt like it felt like we saw a midfield switch where uh, Eunice Musa was in that right channel and Weston McKinney was in the left channel. So we saw um, that that combination play between Dest Musa and Wea that we saw. I think it was the Costa Rica game that worked to such great effect. Uh, those three players combined very well for for one another. Uh, Tim Wea continues to provide excellent running, uh, really intelligent movement. Uh, we saw that on display on that near chance goal uh, that was ruled offsides and that moment where uh, Sargent was played in behind and, and their uh, combination uh, thereafter. Uh, thoughts on Tim Weah in his performance tonight? The dude's special. I mean, he, he, he definitely is an athletic freak and he's got the skill. I, I, I think he, his, club, his club career has been a little stop start, a little herky jerky. Um, but I think it's only a matter of time until this guy, if he can stay healthy for a good, uh, good stretch of games, I think people are going to really realize that this guy is uh, an absolute baller. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if the world is kind of waking up to the fact that Tim Weah is that dude. Yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot's been said about uh, um, Eunice Moose's performances in this World Cup and for good reason, but Tim Weah is a special player. Um, yeah. He's every bit as talented as, as a lot of the players that uh, get paid a lot of money to play at some of the biggest clubs in the world. And and I do hope that this is uh, lends itself as like a breakout moment for uh, him. Very nearly two goals in this tournament, uh, if not for ruled back by a very narrow offsides. Rando Calrissian donates four ninety nine. He says, we out exclamation point too many soggy diaper usmnt fans celebrate and please talk about the greg haters he's making it happen every game Shaq moore mvp i mean i i do uh, addressing the first part of his his uh his message here um i i do think that this is a moment to celebrate um there's there's this idea that the us has to get through with style points and that's just not necessarily the case a lot of times these world cup games come down to just one or two goals. It's it's one or two moments and whoever can keep the nerve. I think back to the 2010 World Cup final uh, between the Netherlands and Spain, where Spain just had this incredible uh, team, but that just ended up being like a tactical battle where neither team could get many shots on goal. Uh, Spain ended up with this, I believe it ends with a 1-0 victory with just like the narrowest of goals against the Netherlands. But that's all you need. That's all you need to get through, man. They don't all have to be 
uh, four nothing drubbings. And I don't think we're going to get a lot of four nothing drubbings in this tournament. That's just not the team that we have. I mean, we had an opportunity to run it up if things would have gone better. Uh, we we do see some um, some. We still see some poor decision making in the final third. This is a very young team still, and they're they're not quite in their prime. And I think we see some of that youthful exuberance whenever they get into the final third, and they can make something happen. But all of a sudden, you know, the blood rushes to their head, and they make the wrong choice. Uh, so I, I think this this team has has gotten better every game of this tournament. They'll continue to do so, and I do think that they have a hell of an opportunity against a Netherlands squad that just hasn't been as impressive as Netherlands squads in the past. Um, thoughts on that so far, Brad? So we, we, we've talked about this a lot and and I'm of the opinion that a coach shouldn't have more than one world cup cycle. Um, but to Greg's credit, this world cup is an absolute success from him. I mean, you're undefeated. You haven't given up a, a, a goal from the run of play and and you're going through to the knockout. So the Greg haters, I'm, I mean, and we've been critical of him and we've been critical of his subs and, and, and rightfully so, I think, but there are no pictures on a scorecard and this, no. and Greg got him, Greg got him through to the, to the round of 16 at the world cup. He got a very young team to believe in each other and believe in the, uh, in, in the system and in the process. And that's to his credit, man. I mean, we can we can hem and haw all we want about his decision making, but I mean he did it. Yeah, I'll say I mean to the last part of his of his uh, donation, Shaq Moore MVP. Disagree on that. I don't think Shaq Moore is winning any MVP anytime soon. As far as the Greg haters, my stance has always been that we are putting way too much into um, the 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 coaches ability to control outcomes of games the the outcomes of games are decided by the players on the field i think greg is a is a i guess fine coach he's an okay coach um he's a good enough coach um i don't know necessarily that you switch him out with other coaches that we're going to see uh vastly different results because the results are determined by the player the players on the field once the whistle is blown it's about the individual players winning their individual matchups their decision making their ability to execute. It's not like um, if it's not like if Brazil lost their coach, they'd all, all of a sudden like if, if Greg Berhalter became Brazil's coach, I think Brazil would still be favorites to win the tournament. And that's yeah. because Brazil are just so damn good at every position. I, I just I think we put way too much into tactics, which is why I don't crush to Greg too much whenever we lose, and I don't uh, praise Greg too much whenever we win. I, I don't think that it, it's it's as big a deal as as everybody talks about. Um, I do agree that I don't think the coaches should, should go for more than two windows. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Greg and and this team and this cycle. It is an interesting case where you have such a young team um, that could potentially like you could take this very team and and pencil in like a, a big chunk of these players in for the 2026 World Cup. It's not like we're going to go through a, a ton of rebuilding for 2026. Um, but I, I'm generally uh, for the idea that you need to switch out your coach every four years. There needs to be a new voice in the locker room um, that the players can get tired of the messaging and let's switch it out. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we'll be doing so well in this World Cup that Greg is able to move on to uh, to greener pastures. That's I mean, that's the ideal world for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think one of his big jobs was to, I mean, this is by far the most talented generation of players we've yeah. had yet. And there are some, some great young prospects coming through the pipeline that this is only the beginning, but I think, 
Greg's main job was to get these guys to play as a unit and to buy in. Uh, tactics are are important, and like you said, they can impact the game uh, to an extent. But I, I really think the mentality of this group was Greg's main job, and I think he's done a good job with that. Yeah, I see. Like like uh, like Joseph Olinak says, Greg was good, but not enough behind the back. There was a good one. There was one good one. I thought. Yeah, there was one kind of late. It's it's odd. We haven't seen that very much. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that that's kind of my thoughts on the Greg Berhalter subject. Now, as far as like the tactics in this tournament, Greg has gotten them spot on for me. Um. In that first game against Wales, I mean, the U.S. controlled that game. In the game against England, uh, the decision to go with the four four two really flummoxed England. It's something they talked about after the game. I believe I saw an interview with Jack Grealish. I think it was where he talked about. Uh, we weren't expecting them to play us like that, and it, it took us a minute to kind of figure out what to do. Um, credit goes to Greg for that. Um, uh, but at the same time, if, you, if you're the uh, coach and you decide to run a 4-4-2 like that, it also very much helps to have Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, and, Uta, and, and uh, Eunice Musa in your lineup in order to execute those things. So it's, it's not just about the coach. It's about the players on the field. Uh, I see like Mike Irish here says, not good on the adjustments. And, and I, I do wonder if part of that also goes to just the quality of, of the side and the quality of the players that we have on the bench relative to the uh, players that we're um, able to do for the, um, for the opening for the starting 11. It's, it's, you know, whenever you bring on uh, Kellen Acosta for, for Wes McKinney, you're going to have a drop off in performance. Whenever you bring on uh, Shaq Moore, Deandre Yedlin for Serginho Des, you're just going to have a drop off in performance. Uh, we don't have a, a ton of players that are going to be able to maintain that momentum through 90 minutes. So, it's it's been a uh, difficult thing to uh, to manage that process, but we've gotten through it. Uh, we're on to the next round, and and life is good. Yep, absolutely. I mean, hey, we're in the round of sixteen, and I know I have a lot of receipts from a lot of analysts <laughs> who are picking us to finish bottom of the group with only one point. I have one in my not mine, James Benge. Uh, who, whom I love as a person, but uh, you picked us to finish with one point there, dude. So and we're <laughs> on to the round of 16. Yeah, there's, there's for sure been a lot of that. I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing because so few knew how the U.S. was going to perform in this tournament just because we've seen so much inconsistent performance from this group uh, throughout World Cup qualifying and beyond. Of course, if your last point of reference of the U.S. men's national team was uh, how the U.S. performed in September, you're going to have a, um, a not-so-great outlook on this group. Uh, so I, I understand why so many of the experts were, were picking against the U.S., but um, if you consider uh, how, good, um, how good some of these players are whenever they are healthy, whenever they can come together, and, and whenever the whole unit is together, which we didn't get to see all that much, um, you, you can understand why this team is able to go toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe against uh, – teams like Wales and, and England and uh, Iran. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we're through, man. We're through. So let's, I mean, let's turn our attention to the next game. The U.S. has uh, the Netherlands. It's, it's going to be the, uh, the top team from Group A. Um, there's, some, there's some concerns here. There's some concerns mm -hmm. here for sure. Um, we don't know about the health of Christian Pulisic. I see a lot of people in the chat speculating right now about uh, Christian Pulisic's health. Um, it, it was a scary, scary moment there. Um, if Christian Pulisic's not able to go, that is a major, major um, issue for the U.S. men's national team's attack. 
uh, I thought Brendan Aronson did a pretty good job, but I don't think he's Christian Pulisic. And I think the, uh, the, um, the, the, the defense treated him differently than they treated Christian Pulisic for sure. Yeah. Um, as far as everyone else, we didn't see Gio Reyna again in this game. Uh, Weston McKinney continues to show that he's got about 55 to 60 minutes in him. Uh, same with Serginio Dest. Uh, so w- what are your thoughts on how this, this team is going to look uh, as we head into this second round, the round of 16? It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting if if Christian can't go because uh, you put in Brendan Aronson at his position, then that's not really the position that he likes to play that much. They don't play in similar styles, so that that could be interesting. The Netherlands uh, does worry me. They are a very quality side. Um, it's it's definitely gonna be interesting. I think uh, not a lot's gonna be able to. Uh, we can't really do much speculating right now. I think we got to see how the the guys recover um, to see if, if there are going to be that many uh, changes because uh, the guys look gassed. Uh, yeah. We got to, got to get it, go get in the ice tub, get an IV. Um, so I, I think, I mean, we got a top medical staff out there to uh, take care of, t- take care of the boys, please. Yeah. I see Tony Labrusca makes the point that I, I, I think I was trying to make, but I, I might've fumbled a little bit. He says, to be fair, I'd rather play Netherlands than Brazil, France, Belgium, Portugal, Argentina, and Spain. And yeah, I think that's where I'm at with that. I, I feel like um, this Netherlands side, we might think about this Netherlands team from, from 2010, but this is not that team anymore. Um, I, I'd say they're, they're a notch below that right now. Um, they're, they're, uh, I mean, are they as good as England right now? That, that's a question. They're, they're kind of in that ballpark. Uh, so if the U.S. was able to control the game against England, you know, they're, they, they definitely have a shot in this game. It's not like, um, it's, not like it's, it's a big, um, big like expected blowout or something like that from the Netherlands. I mean, we absolutely have an opportunity to go out and, and shock the world once again in, in the round of 16. Yeah, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if this one goes into extra time. Um, because I, I think if we play like we played against England, it could finish nil-nil. Maybe each team gets a goal here or there. I, I could definitely see this coming coming down to extra time. I, for one, hope it doesn't go into extra time because we've seen that the U.S. just is not as good in the second half of games as they are in the first half. Um, maybe the extra few days gives the players enough time to recover a little bit more. Maybe some of these players are gaining match fitness throughout this tournament. Uh, but it can't really, it does, probably doesn't help having to run 90 minutes or 60 minutes every four days. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Uh, anything else on this game, on this celebration party, uh, as we look forward to the round of 16 um, game Saturday against the Netherlands? I'm, I'm just really proud of this team. I've covered them for so long and and they, they, they were able to tune out all the distractions, all the noise and, and go out there and do a job. This is a, and it's a job that not a lot of people thought they could do i mean this is a young group of guys that their one job was to make us believe make us believe and get us excited for 2026 but hey what about 2022 why not you like you said i'm i respect the netherlands but i don't necessarily fear them so why not i mean that these guys seem to really have a belief in each other they can absolutely get together and go for it so so my my thought i think i'd leave everybody with is just why not us? Why not us? Why not now? Why think about 2026 when you get 2022 right in front of you? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's well said, man, because I think coming into this tournament, a lot of us were looking forward to 2026 and saying, you know, if this team is able to get out of the group, it, it'll be um, a strong performance with them. I know Greg Berhalter said 
The goal is to get out of the group, and then the second tournament begins, and we'll see what happens from there. The U.S. has a matchup, which which I think that they can. I think that they can do it. I don't think they'll be favored, uh, but I, I think that they have an opportunity to 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 shock the world against this Netherlands team. Um, I'm incredibly proud of these guys. Some really gutsy performances after September. There was just a lot of fear that these guys would come out and just. Uh, it would be crap and crap and crap like we saw in September, and it would just be a quick 0-3 from the U.S. That's not what we saw. They went undefeated through the um, through group play. Um, they had a couple of games where things really could have gone their way. I mean, they could have ended up with two victories with that Wales game. Uh, things could have gone either way against England, an incredible performance with them. So it, it's I, I think we're riding a high into the round of 16 for sure. Let's see, Rando Calrissian has a 499 donation. He says, would be... What would be better if Pep or Spalletti were coach of USMNT and Greg we trust, the Dutch are getting squished? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the enthusiasm there. I, I, yeah, I, One thing to be said is that a lot of the issues that this team has are personnel issues. I mean, we just don't have a striker, and that's, that's yeah. been the, the main issue with scoring goals throughout the World Cup. Uh, so um, I, I don't know what a top top level coach comes into this team and does and i don't know that there's many top level coaches that are looking to coach international teams and especially not top level coaches that are looking to coach international teams for nations that are not their own uh you just don't see that very often so i I just don't know where um these much greener pastures are that are going to really add too much to this team um any more than we're seeing right now any final thoughts brad you know it's it's a good day. And, and, and I hesitate to, to say that, you know, whatever happens uh, from here on out is gravy because, you know, this, this team can stand toe-to-toe with anybody on their day. Uh, so, you know, it, it goes back to the old Ted Lasso mantra, just believe. You just yeah. got to believe. And, you know, I, I, th- I think that they can spring a surprise, make us all believe, and go through to the round of and, – and, hey, it really wasn't uh, – the last group stage game today. It was a round of 32 game that you had to win to move on. And, and now they have that, that mentality in them that to be able to see a game out and, and to, to, to put up when put up or shut up when it matters most. So, you know, just go for it. I mean, there, there is no tomorrow. You're in it now. Don't look forward to 2026, focus on 2022. Go get them, go make us proud boys. I feel like like a soldier after a great battle, you know, like, you know, that the war is not over, you know, that you just won a battle, you know, that you could die tomorrow, but at the same time, like, take a minute to enjoy to celebrate, it doesn't matter how it happened, you don't get style points for winning these games, Uh, the tournament resets right now, and we got the knockout games ahead of us, Uh, mission one accomplished, mission two starts Saturday, Absolutely. I think it's okay to be excited that the U.S. won yes. this game, guys. I'm really excited about this. Gur007 with a 49 donation says, watching all three of the Netherlands games, I think we have a good shot to beat them. I, for one, am very excited about it. Yeah, I watched a little bit of uh, the Senegal's uh, – I've watched a little bit of all the games uh, with the Netherlands and Senegal and Ecuador, and I just – I didn't see, like, super dominant scary teams in that group. Um, I, I was hoping that the U.S. could somehow get through or that Ecuador could somehow win the group because I feel like that's a little bit favorable, more favorable matchup for us. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that it's Netherlands and not like Brazil or Spain or a team like that. Uh, 706 says, with a $1.99 donation, I'm just scared of Gakpo 
most of their players are garbage. I wouldn't go that far, but I don't know how many of you have watched Gakpo in this tournament, but he is like one of the young phenoms. He's a striker that's uh that's probably going to get a lot of money after this tournament. He's he's been doing um incredible things for that team and and um yeah, he's definitely a scary player, but so is Harry Kane, so is Mehdi Tarimi, so is Gareth Bale, and the U.S. were able to handle those challenges uh, well Absolutely. enough. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know that I have too much more to say. You guys are coming with donations, so I appreciate that. Thank you, everybody in the chat, for uh, for joining us after this game. I, I hope even, the, even those out there who wanted more from this team, who wanted the team to play with a little bit more style, who wanted the team to run up the score, I hope you can appreciate that these moments, that these – winning getting out of your group and getting to the round of 16 even for like established blue chip world powers in soccer these these moments aren't taken for granted man it's it's not all the time like it's it's not the expectation necessarily for most of the teams in the world to be able to consistently get out of the group as often as the u.s has four years ago we were watching this team we were watching this tournament with our team sitting at home now we're in the round of 16 of, of this tournament. Um, so it's definitely something from a fan perspective that you should be able to get excited about. The, the outcome of this game does not determine the outcome of the next game. None, none of the outcomes of any of the games previously determine the outcome of the next game. It's going to be a, a new challenge, a, a new um, opportunity for the U.S. And, and I think the U.S. has an opportunity to make it to uh, the quarterfinals. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, make sure you hit the like button if you haven't yet. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us throughout the World Cup. Thank you guys for watching. If you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Thank you to the um, Tier 2 members, Manuel Oliveras, Mike, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Michael Baker, Dan McVeigh, Mike Irish, Aaron M, and 427 Motorsport LLC. On behalf of Brad, Thank you guys for watching. My name is Sam, and this has been the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.